You're listening to Jai Long, and this is Make Your Break. Hey, if we dial it back to 2013, I want to paint the picture here for you. Not many people made six figures from a wedding photography business, let alone from a creative business. And I think a lot of people were in the mindset of you need to be a struggling artist or you need to be one of the elites to make big money as a artist, as a creative, as someone doing what they actually love. Now, over the last 10 years, that narrative has changed a lot. And I feel like we've played some small part in that as well. So you probably know my story. And within the first six months of my business, I hit six figures. And since then, I've been helping creatives been able to make money in their business just like I did. Now, it wasn't because I was just a genius and I started business and I just knew how to make a lot of money and stuff. It's because I've been an entrepreneur for 17 years. I've been bankrupt before. I've been wildly successful before. Over the last 17 years, there's been so many different things, so many different trends that have come through, so many different marketing strategies, so many different things. And it does change every single year. So that's why it's really important that today I speak with one of my sailors that's actually just hit six figures. Her name is Lisa and Lisa is an incredible photographer and she is doing really cool things. So she shared in her, in the Facebook group that she just hit six figures. And I wanted to dive in and talk to her about what strategies did she use and what mindset did she have to be able to grow her business to where it is today. And now I know everyone's on a different journey. Everyone's at a different stage of that journey. So it's so important to dial it back and to hear people that are just like you that maybe haven't hit six figures yet, or you're just about to maybe this year, or you will in the future. And it's one of your unrealistic goals. Now, if you don't know, the six-figure business map where Lisa Thorne actually is been working with me, my coaching program is open this week for enrollment. And this is actually going to be the last week that we actually open up for enrollment. We're going to change the course to an apply only course after this week. So this week is a big week. It's going to be the last time we have it at the price that we do and everything else. So if you've been thinking about joining the Six Figure Business Map, I suggest that you head to sixfigurebusinessmap.com and you go and check out all the details of the module, the coaching, the accountability calls and everything else that we have in there. We've been working really hard behind the scenes to make this thing the best coaching program on the planet, especially for photographers. And I think we have got at least close to achieving that goal. So let's get into today's episode. I know it's going to give you a lot of inspiration and maybe even some motivation in your business. And you could even possibly take some of the strategies that Lisa used and you can plug them in and see if you can get the same success. So let's get into it. Lisa, welcome to the show. I'm really excited to have you here. And we were just talking off air and we were talking about how you just hit 100K in your business. And you're saying that you've got nothing special compared to everybody else to hit 100K. And I want to dive into that, actually. How are you? I'm good. How are you? It's good to be on here. I'm good. Yeah. You're nervous? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Like, I think we should dive straight into like, um, maybe if you want to introduce yourself and what you do. And then we're going to talk about strategies, mindset, and everything else around building a six-figure creative business. Okay, cool. I am Lisa Thorne from Every Moment Collective, and I'm the lead shooter of my company, you want to say? Yeah. And I'm wedding photographer and a family photographer. Well, family, engagement, all those types of things, like just extra sessions. Yeah. I live in Queensland, Brisbane, and yeah, I'm excited to be here. And have you been doing it for a long time? My business? No, but 
I have been doing photography since I left school. I went to like uni, TAFE, and then took me a little while to get here, but I'm here now. That's cool. great. So how long have you been running your business for? Full time, a year and a half. And then before that was just kind of like here and there, but... And then like for the whole time since uni and stuff, I have been doing things like as like a hobby, friends, family stuff. But then um, I fell pregnant with my daughter in 2020 and I was like, I'm not working a full-time job. I cannot send her to daycare 12 hours a day and not spend time with her. So I was like, I know I need to do this. Um, I had like a friend who had a um, photography business and I was like, if they can do it, I can do it. So um, it was a bit hard, like over COVID time, trying to do that. But yeah, as soon as I went on maternity leave, I used my maternity leave to bust my balls and get there. So was this is is this um, your first child? Yeah. So you thought, like during COVID, you're like, hmm. So now that I'm a new mum, and now that the world's turned upside down, maybe I should turn up my career upside down and go full time (laughs) and work for myself. Yep. (laughs) I mean, I was super grateful, like obviously hearing other people, how, you know, their photography businesses were going kind of like downhill with COVID. I was lucky that I had a job that I could be in, you know, to get through that time. But as soon as I had my baby in the end of um, like 2020, everything started to like sort of settle down and we were still able to do family stuff and weddings were like here and there. Um, I mostly started into just going into doing families and all that stuff. And then I've eased my way into doing weddings. And now that it's kind of like COVID's not really, I mean, it's a thing, but it's not a big deal anymore. I'm trying to dive more into doing weddings. Mm -hmm. So tell me, tell me the thought process. Like, did you feel like, um, you know, it's real interesting because I always, I get so interested in this subject because I always see two different people doing things totally different. So I'll have one group of friends or one group of peers where if they have a baby um, and they become a parent, then they go ultra safe and then they try and keep their full-time job forever. And they basically, they don't want to risk anything. And then the other side, I got friends and they become new parents and they quit their job and they go traveling with their kids or they start a new business or they, or they decide that this is the moment that's most important to them to get back their time. And they kind of go all in on that. And so for you, tell me that thought process for you. Was it something that was like, there's no other option here. Like, this is exactly what I have to do. I didn't like, I had seen like my relative, like my um, brother in, other people in my life, like send their kids to daycare five days a week, 12 hours a day. And I was like, I know that people have to do that. But I was like, if I'm going to have a kid, I'm going to be a mom. I'm not going to send my kid to daycare. Like she does go to daycare now a couple of days, but that's just so I can do work through the week. But then I have my days where I spend with her and we have more quality time. I do think our relationship is better because of that too. And being a mom, like I actually enjoy being a mom. I don't feel like I'm tired. Obviously being mom is exhausting, but I don't feel mentally drained from my job that I have to come mm. home and be a mum and be mentally drained being a mum because you have to give them your all. And my job that I had before was very, very mentally draining. So yeah. I was like, I can't do this and be a mum and then spend my weekends, you know, recovering to then do it again the whole week again. Like it just seemed, seemed like a cycle that I was stuck in and I was like, I can't do this anymore. It was just, yeah, yeah to me. And that was the push for you. You know, what's really interesting. You just said something where you're like, because like obviously being a mom is a full-time job and having a business is a full-time job. So you get two full-time jobs. 
Really interesting that you said that you're not burnt out working for yourself and um, being a full-time mum. And so often, so many people get burnt out, but it's by doing the thing that they don't love. And one example that I like to like sort of lean back on is I've talked to so many athletes and I had a friend that was a professional boxer growing up and he'd work his body so hard and he would always be in the gym, always training, you know, and then be completely exhausted. Then he'd get up and do it again the next day with full energy again and then over and over and over. And then he would go into a boxing match and he'll lose the boxing match and he'd be back doing it again. But he never got burnt out. You know, even though he was putting himself into so much strain where you'd think that he would be physically, mentally burnt out completely, but um, an athlete just keeps showing up because they love the game. And so yeah. like with, if you love being a parent and if you love your business, it's the same thing. It's like you keep showing up and showing up and then it's like, yeah, I know there's work to be done because that's the the bed that I made and I have to sleep yeah. in it now, but I'm not burnt out because I'm doing what I love. Is that yeah. how it feels for you? Yeah, definitely. Like I obviously have weeks that are like more busier than others and I'm like, oh, yeah. you know, how am I going to get it done? But I know there's other options to get it done. Like I can always outsource things. But yeah, I like doing my job so I don't like ever feel burnt out. You know, um, mm-hmm. when I, I am pregnant now, so my first trimester, it was a lot to try and get myself to a shoot or to a wedding and be myself. And then as soon as that went away, my passion came back and I was like, okay, it was just because I, my hormones were out of whack and everything like that. And I was exhausted and I was like napping all day. And I was like, how am I going to get my work done? Got it done. <laughs> and I still was able to like come back to it and be like, okay, I do love this. It was just a period of time that my body was, you know, struggling. But I think the, I have determination and I have this like, not giving up kind of skill that I've learned because of the job I was in before. And I did do a few like body composition comps where like you, you know, you've got to restrict your diet, you got to exercise. I was doing that and a full-time job. So I was like getting up at four o'clock, going to the gym, going to work for 12 hours, going back to the gym to do more cardio, coming home. And then like having to be like at that time, I was like a a girlfriend, but yeah, having to give my partner that time and then do it again the next day. So this is easy. Does that make sense? Like, I don't feel like ever exhausted because I've been in my most exhausted state and this to me is like, yeah, easy. So I know I can level Mm. up because yeah, I've been in the hardest place of my life and now I'm at the happiest place in my life. So it's just, there's no point in being sad or burnt out about things. You know, I, um, I remember listening to a interview of Elon Musk and everyone was like grilling him about how many cars that he has built that has crashed lately. And it's like far like less than just normal cars, but um, people grilling him and he was saying like, the interesting thing is no one's ever going to be happy because standards always raise. And so it's like, once you get a new level, there's a whole new standard and then we complain about the last thing. So one thing that I realized when I started as a full-time wedding photographer, before that I was an electrician and I was a civil electrician. So it was a lot of like on the shovel, big days in the sun, hard labor, picking stuff up five days a week, sometimes six days a week. And then when I become an electrician, I was sorry, a photographer, I would shoot once a week and it wasn't hard work. It just was not hard work, you know? And then I'd hang out with a lot of photographers and they're like, man, do you get like wedding hangovers? Like I have to take three days off to recover from all that work I just did. And I would hear all this, but I'm like, I I don't feel that because we only worked 
physically one day this week, you know? And so I it was like a different I thing. We'll talk about that. I'm just like eight hours at a wedding is nothing compared to what I used to do, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But people who have never done that and had a job or been, had exactly. A so they've got a different baseline or yeah. a different standard. Yeah. So to them, it's like, you know, far out. Whereas like in September this year, I'm going to be um, like between 30 and 36 weeks pregnant. And I have like three weddings back to back. And at first I was like, oh, I have eight weddings in September. Three of them are back to back. How am I going to do it? And then I just checked myself and I was like, when you were pregnant with your last baby, you worked up to 34 weeks doing, you know, 12 hours a day, maybe, maybe less, but like, you know, it was, and I was picking up cookie boxes. I was picking up, like I was cleaning like bakery floors. Like I wasn't, I was, yeah, it was physically exhausting. I was like, I can do this. That's eight days that I'm really like hardworking out of the whole month. And I was doing that how many days a week, you know, five days a week, four days, uh, four weeks in a month, you know, and I'm just like, I can do this. Like, it's not going to be hard. Yeah. And I think you've got to honor the way that you work. Like I remember, um, because I am able to just keep showing up and working. Like I would shoot three weddings in a row, three days in a row, like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, sometimes Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, sometimes Thursday. So I would get in a lot and then I would get a lot of like peer pressure from a lot of photographer friends. Like you shouldn't be doing that. You're not giving you all it's, you know, at this wedding, you shouldn't be doing this and that. And like, don't you get tired and stuff. And, um, I think it's so important that you have your own, like you're honoring yourself and go like, Hey man, I do things differently and that's okay. And you do things differently and that's okay. And if you want to shoot one day a week, that's okay. And if you know, whatever it is. And so I think just like not judging each other or or ourselves for the Mm. way that we work is like so important. Yeah. And everyone's capacity is different. You like, I always hear like, this is a good saying with like, um, being like a parent. And when you have another child, it's like, Oh, how am I going to do it? But you like, you, you like that with your first child too. Like your capacity Mm. grows as you grow as a mom, as you grow in your business, you like, maybe look back at the beginning of your business. How did I do that? And then you look at what you're doing now and you're doing like three times more, but you feel the same and your like capacity just went with it. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh I want to say big congratulations for hitting the 100k milestone in your business. Like that is really cool during the pretty pretty wild times the last few years, especially, you know, adding a baby into the mix as well. How did it make you feel? Yeah, it was good. At first like uh when I saw it, I was like, "Oh, I hit 100k." I was like, "Yay." And then I was like, "Oh, I wanted to share it." But then I was like also and this like feeling of like, is that too egotistic to share that? But then I was like, Hey, I've actually worked my ass off to get here. Like I should be proud of it. Mm. And I think like a lot of that come from like my upbringing and not having, um, I mean, my parents are great, but I didn't get that. Like, I'm proud of you when I grew up. So like trying to be like, I'm proud of myself and just telling myself that it's okay for me to be proud of myself, even though no one else is saying it to me. I mean, my husband and my friends and stuff were obviously like really, you know, oh my gosh, that's so exciting. But yeah, it's a bit hard for me to be like, I'm proud of you. I'm learning to do it now. You know, a lot of it comes down to just like our circle of people that are around us and their baseline. It's the same thing, their level. Yeah. Like, for example, like 100K is not a lot of money to a lot of people or it's a it's a shitload of money to a lot of other people. And yeah. so someone could look at you and go, like, man, you work so hard to get that. That's amazing. And then another half can go like, well, you haven't even made any money yet. Like, what's, what's going on here? Yeah. And I even know for myself, like, 
like when my business hit like seven figures, I was talking to this entrepreneur and he, I don't know how much he makes, but he makes a lot. But he straight away said to me like, dude, you're broke. Your business is a hobby. It's so small. Like, what are you doing? You know? And I'm like, wow, I felt guilty about sharing it because it's such a big milestone, but it's all relative to everybody around us. And so we've got, always got to remember that. And it's relative to ourselves because for ourselves, it's a big milestone, but for someone else, maybe it's not. And for someone else, they might think you've got all the money in the world and you should be stop, yeah. stop being so selfish and you should be donating all that to charity, which people say to me for, if you, you know, when I share that I've made a hundred grand, it's like, Shit, man, yeah. do you know how much it costs to live these days? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like my brother always says like a joke. Um, and he's like, Oh, Lisa can get it from the back of her pocket every time mm. it's something to do with money. And I'm just like, I'm like, I'm living just like you are, you know. <laughs> yeah. I don't have it in my bo- back pocket. You know, it's just, yeah, it's just a funny thing. Like the it's not even like a hundred K is was easy for me to get. And it was actually surprising how easy it was for me to get you know, what, what, when I get to like 200 K or something like that, I'm probably going to be in the same position financially because I, I don't pay my, like, I'm like you, I don't pay myself a lot. I just pay myself to pay my bills and I keep the rest in my business account and then invest back into my business. And yeah, everyone just, my family just think I have money. (laughs) I'm just like, I don't. Just on tap. Yeah. 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 And like, I can't just throw it out the window to everyone, you know? That is interesting. Hey, like having family like that, like Lilu and I both have family that um, there's not really much wealth in our family or yeah. money in our family. And as you know, obviously everyone's very humble and I feel like everyone looks at us like, man, you guys are filthy rich. Like you should be paying for everything. <laughs> I'm not rich. I pay myself just like a regular, I mean, my wage is probably less than yours. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, yeah, the business exactly is right. doing the business stuff, but the problem yeah. is most people take all their money out of their business and then their business can't grow. Because yeah. there's nothing there for it to fuel the thing, the very thing that like generates income for us to live, which yeah. I find fascinating. And get like, get more, like the way you're going to get more money is if you invest in your business. And that's exactly what I want to do. Like I um, yeah. this is actually like a little studio here that I built to do like in-home. It looks beautiful. I'm thinking <laughs> I like in-home sessions because I would get a lot of inquiries of people who want to do in-home like newborn sessions, but their house is like not aesthetic or like, you know, you just had a new baby. No one wants to clean their house when they've just had a new baby or worry Mm. about someone coming over and taking photos in your house. So I did this and it's actually been really good as well at being at my house. Super chill. Don't have to travel anywhere. And so I did that and it's been, yeah, it's been good. I've been getting bookings, more bookings for like newborn stuff and in studio stuff. And I can do shoots and it's all at my house instead of having to go to a location and rely on light in the afternoon and trying to do like eight sessions when it's like not even great lighting, I can do it here. So you invested in a studio and as a result, it's bringing you more work and more options and more flexibility. Yeah. And it actually really didn't cost me that much to put together. Like obviously it's my garage. I just did the walls, did the ground, like painted the concrete and got some furniture. Yeah. Yeah. What what else have you invested in, in your business in the last couple of years that's helped you get to hundred K? Well, when I hit 100K, I got a, a new camera, new lens, which nice. that was $1,000. I think like just a lot of like programs to help me with things. Like I, I didn't have zero. I didn't have an accountant before. I did use Studio Ninja because like my life was a mess before. <laughs> I could not all I'm not great. So at all those things, is all, it was all worth investing in? Yeah, 100%. And like, yeah, I have like, you know, zero. And I did like get uh, like a batch editing program to help with a bit of editing 
And that's pretty much all I think I've invested in so far. Did you invest into any ads or did you oh, yes, any kind yes, of marketing? Yes. Yeah. Like um, I do like did some um, Instagram like boosts posts and some Facebook ads. I haven't gotten into the Google ads yet, but I was like looking into that. It's a bit confusing, but I know you have like a video on it. So I'm going to really like look at that and get into yep. that. But yeah, pretty much just boost posts on Instagram. And most of my stuff comes from word of mouth, like especially family stuff is all totally. word of mouth. Yeah. It's like, oh, you did my friend's family. Can you do mine kind of thing? Tell me when you like sort of like got into your business and then you started scaling up, where was the point or what was the thing that you, when you realized this is the thing that's going to get me to my goal? Like well, it could be a marketing strategy, could be something productivity, it could be a mindset thing, like a mindset shift. Like, yeah. I definitely think it's my, like, like my mind frame because when I did go back to work after I had my daughter, like when my maternity leave was up, I went back there and I was working like two days a week and I was like, this is horrible. I could be earning like three times the amount on this day that I'm earning totally. today. And I'm like working eight hours, my daughter's in daycare, I'm miserable. And my other, like I have some friends that have a wedding photography business and they were like starting to outsource their editing. And I was like, Hey, I can edit for you. That means I don't have to be at this job. And they were like, yep, do it. And my husband was always a bit like, Oh, he's like the secure guy. He loves like security. And he was like, Oh, I don't think that's a good idea. And I was like, I'll quit. I'll prove it to you that I can do it. And as soon as I quit, I got way more work because I had the time to do it. I was totally. behind in my editing. I was not behind in doing, I was doing someone else's editing and getting. You put some time into marketing, advertising, yeah. learning some stuff, yeah. watching a course. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. And like when I edit at home, I'm always listening to your like podcast. So like I'm learning things while I'm editing and then, yeah, obviously editing for someone else made me better at my own editing and they were doing wedding, like all weddings. So then when I was editing their weddings, I was also like learning how to shoot a wedding. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Cause I see what they look like. And I'm yeah. So when I was shooting weddings, I was like, Oh, I remember this. And it just made everything better. And I was like, yeah, I'm done. Can't do this anymore. And I remember my job, I was like, how to shoot after my job and I was driving and I just started crying. And I was like, this is where I'm supposed to be. Like, this is my life. And cause that job yeah. just, yeah, my mental health in that job was like ground level. Like it was, it was not good. Yeah. I was a bakery manager and like at, it was at Woolworths and there's just, you, I I knew I had something else in me when I was working. I was like, I'm a manager and I'm influencing this group of people. I loved being a manager. Like I loved the role of being a manager and having a team and, you know, and we were really good morale in my team, but then you always had to go to hire up for things. And it was like, I would say, this is my idea. And then it'd be like, squish me like an ant. And I'm like, but my idea is great. And it's going to bring in more money. And Mm -hmm. they, they just kind of stick to rules. It's like, we have a budget, that's it. And it's like, well, I'm stuck in a cycle of not making money because I have no one. Everything's restricted. Yeah. Yeah. Everything was restricted. And I was like, I can do better and I can do more. And so like, I just felt always felt like burnt out, exhausted, you know, trying to like saying the same things every day, but yeah, I think I did learn a lot from being in that role. Like 
it's I can't like I used to be like oh I regret doing that like I should have just went straight into this from uni like why did I stay in that job for so long doing that and letting myself get like that love that when I look back, I'm like, I had to do that to be the person I am today. Like I had to do the hard work. You had work. to go through all that stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. so important. And so I think so often everyone's trying to look for the, um, the shortcuts and to miss things, but really that builds that resilience, the character. It also builds your deep down why, and it builds yeah. the ambition and yeah. it shows you exactly what you're capable of, which is fucking amazing. Yeah. And there's a, like a lot of values that I did get from Woolworths. Like there's always a saying like, always do the right thing. And that's just like always something that I've had in my mind, like my, is a value of me, like as even just shooting at a wedding and I'm like in a tricky position, I was like, what's the right thing to do? Like morally right. What is right? Mm. Like you wouldn't be able to like something, you know, if uh, my time was coming up, right. And they hadn't done their first dance and I'm like, what's morally right for me right now. What's the right thing to do by my clients. It's stay back and get that for them, not go up to them on their wedding day and go, Hey, your first dance is in 15 minutes, but I finish now. See you later. Like, or do you want yeah. me to, like, I just, yeah, there's a lot of things like that. Or like if a client has like an issue or something with something, I always like go by the, you know, the customer's always right. What's the right thing to do here? Not what's right by me, what's right by them. And I know mm-hmm. it's helped me a it lot. Does. It yeah. helps a lot. You know, yeah. there's so many, um, so throughout life, there's so many stepping stones and I've obviously had a lot of businesses, a lot of careers and moved my way through a lot of things, a lot of price brackets, I was sorry, like wage brackets of how much I've been able to earn and things like that. And so often we always think that this is the one thing or the one thing that we're doing is not the right thing. And, um, and we get so hung up on the one thing, but we forget like, even after this career, when it does end, because it will end you will have all this knowledge on how to build a six figure business and all the things that you learned right here. And it's a springboard for you to get even higher next time and then higher again and higher again. And so a lot of us, we never know, well, we don't realize that it's like a puzzle for our life. And each one of these pieces that we learn, you never forget this shit. So when mm-hmm. I launched, like, the, I mean, it took me years to build my first six figure business, but when I launched one now, like I can build a six figure business in a week. It's mm-hmm. no problem because yeah. I've done it lots of times. It's not a secret, you know? And so it's, you know, I've built a seven figure business. I can do it again. There's no problem. Mm-hmm. And so it's just so cool to go through and like, make sure we draw in inspiration and all the knowledge from all the past jobs that we've had and the people we've interacted with and things that we liked and didn't like and our own businesses. And then moving forward like that, um, as long as we're always learning something, like we're going to keep progressing. Yeah, that's exactly right. Like I, yeah especially as well, like I have way more life experience and I even find myself when I go to like family shoots or weddings, I, I relate to people a bit more than when I, if I'd done it, when totally. I finished university, I was still like, what, 20, not even 20 years old, 19 years old. Like I was still a kid kind of like, I didn't have, I couldn't do a maternity shoot or a newborn shoot or like a wedding and be like, I understand their de- like what they're going through mm. right now. I've never been through it, but now I have a child. I've been through that. I've like had my own wedding, been through that. So yeah. I know. Different perspective like, now, hey. Yeah, definitely. And I'm a lot mature. Being a mom, I've really like grown up and I have a lot more patience as well with like kids at shoots because I have a toddler and I know what they're like. And I like, you need to be patient with them or let them have fun. I'm not like, you need to just look at the camera and smile at me. It's just like, they're not going to do that because I know my toddler wouldn't, you know? Mm. Mm. Your outlook on life right now, like, are you looking at like trying to protect the business that you built or you're looking at like 
expanding and building and and like you know that you're sort of like you're in the middle of creating something because before you said like when i'm hit 200k so yeah. like you know i always like to know where you're sort of at with like what you're thinking because the the crazy thing is we stop our or we limit our own income by what we think we're worth and we always have a number for ourselves mm-hmm. so i'll talk to someone and they'll say like yeah man my unrealistic goal is 250k that's how much i want to make in my business and i know they'll hit it but they won't go past it. They will hit that one spot because they, once they get there, they're like, well, I'm done boys. Like, this is it, you know? So tell me like with your mindset, where, where are you at right now? Well, I actually have like grown my team. So I have videographers now that work for me, subcontract for me and like obviously adding them and I make money from them as well. I've added that in. I really like I could do, I definitely can put my prices up. Like I'm definitely worth more. It's just that like, you know, that first time you put it up and waiting for someone to book because like I do do get inquiries obviously. And it's like, oh, you're too much for me. And I'm like, what? Like, I think I'm like pretty in the pretty good range for my photo. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. I'm like, how am I too? Yeah. And I have to like, just push away from that. Cause even this week I had two people get back to me and they were like, Hey, We've either found someone else or um, it was like, you're out of our budget. And I was yep. getting like, oh, what do I, like, I'm not going cheaper. Like, I'm not going to, I know I'm worth more than this. And then I literally the next day had an email back from a client and they were like, we want to book your biggest package. Uh, I'm not sure if you know the venue Summer Grove. And like, I've done a wedding there and it was like, that's my like favorite venue right now. And I got that and I was just like, yep, book in. Yep, let's do this. And I was like, hard to there realize I need like a little signal from the world to let yeah. you know that you're on the right path. Yeah, that one booking is more worth more than those. If I had gone, oh, I'll put my prices down for those mm-hmm. two other people that would have been at like maybe a venue like I don't even know or not. Wow, like where I want to go, and then you, made, you literally made space for those people by saying no. So then you can take on the bigger clients. Yeah, I de- yeah, just trying to say no has been like definitely hard, but I've been like, I need to do that. Like Absolutely. I'm not putting my prices down any more than they are because I know that I'm worth it. And then, yeah. So I only think 25 weddings this year. So my goal for next year is to le- at least have 30 to 35. Um, my husband also second shoots with me, which that helps with obviously the money stays with us instead of going to someone else. And he does not like his job. So I goal is to like yeah earn way heaps like heaps in my business so that he can pull down his days and we don't have to rely on daycare as much too love that i feel like so many people have that goal you know, <laughs> they like it's just like the it's like the missing piece of the puzzle it's like let's like um liberate the whole family into freedom if like you don't like your job and everything yeah. else and it's like yeah, it's just such a good why, I think, mm-hmm. in your business. I mean, I I definitely know that there's heaps more that I can be doing um, in my business. Like eventually, you know, when I've got lots of weddings, I want to outsource my editing. Yeah, like I, I haven't even got into Google Google ads. I'm like not that much on Instagram. I know I could do better with that. Oh, yeah, there's always improvement. Yeah, like that, that, that never ends either. Yeah, I don't do blogs yet. So like to know that I hit like the 100K by like, to me, I feel like, like I didn't do bare minimum, but I feel like. No, you pushed yourself into the yeah. marketplace and you, yeah. and you made it happen. And the next but, step, that's the thing. Like you can, and anyone can hit hundred K easy just by doing yeah. that. And then the next stage though, is like the scaling up bit. And that's when all those little things matter. 
But I always say it's like you don't need to worry about all those little things until you get at least to 100K because once you get to there, then you've got a little bit of money, got a little bit more time, you can outsource some things and it becomes exponentially easier. But if we snorkel on all the tiny little things prematurely, it's going to be really hard for us. Yeah, and like as as well when I have my baby, I was like going to turn around and say, oh, like I'm having a baby this time, can't do wedding anymore. But instead I was like, hey, I'm having a baby, but I have this associate shooter who's literally like me in terms of shooting style and everything. Like how do you feel about that? And like four of them were like, yeah, that's fine. As long as it's going to look like editing-wise, it's going to look like your stuff, we don't mind. And I was like, cool. And then I had another wedding um, in April that I had a, I had a wedding that day and I had someone inquire and I was like, I'm just going to put it out to them about do it, having an associate shooter do their wedding. Cause obviously I can't be there and they were fine with it. And it was a bit nerve wracking having someone else mm-hmm. shoot, but um, she's a good friend. So it was like, I knew that she would do a good job. Um, and yeah, she did great and it worked out great. Clients were happy. And I was like, Oh, that was kind of easy. Do you know what I mean? Like, just oh, totally. The only uh, reason why it's ever hard is because it's inside our heads thinking it's hard. Yeah. It's trying to, it's like letting go of that control yeah. that someone else can do just as good as you. I know. And as creators, we all think we're the best at everything that we do and everyone wants us and it's our story and stuff. But honestly, like when I added associate shooters into my business a long time ago, like I never had any clients even question it. And yeah. I was like, oh, oh, sweet. You know, <laughs> as long as yeah. I let them know and I had the expectations, I'm like, you know, guys, it's me you talk to on email. It's me that we're going to meet with yeah. and stuff. I'm going to like, you know, prep up the photographer. They'll be there. I'm going to edit the things. And they're like, yeah, Jai, that sounds awesome. I love that. Yeah. I think, yeah, you definitely get different clients that are like, no, I want you for the day. But then you've got clients that literally like, I like your photos. And as long as I have my photos look like that. Yeah, look I'm, after me. Yeah, yeah. And as long as like, you know, you can show proof that the other associate photographer. But the crazy thing is if you can do that, it actually becomes, um, your business becomes a real business because before mm-hmm. that you're kind of like a freelancer, yeah. kind of, it's, you're an artist because people want to book you for you. It's like a booking a freelancer. So I want to book mm-hmm. that freelancer for that editing style, like whatever it is. But a business is like something where people trust your vision and your client journey and everything else. And they want to do business with you. And yeah. then it will actually happen without you being there. Mm, yeah, definitely. And that's the next stage of business, which is really cool. Yeah. Cause I, as well, like I'm still right now a sole trader and I like need to go like change that because I'm not a, just me anymore. It's not just me. sole trader. you know, I've got people working for me. I've just sub subcontracted the other people, but like for my husband and stuff, like eventually I want him to be a part of like an employee of my business as well as my myself and do it that way as a proper company or trust, then just be a sole trader. Exciting. So these are all the next steps and everything that you see in front of you. Yeah. Do you have any words of wisdom for those that are out there that are creatives that are trying to hustle their way to their first 100K? I definitely think you have to love what you're doing and not just do it for (laughs) money because I never really do it for money, if that makes sense. Um, that definitely just the more you don't think about the money, the more jobs you get. There's some amazing advice right there. And that's exactly like anyone that I listen to or talk to that's got like big success in their lives. They, they're always like, it's cause and result, man. Like I don't go for the money. I do yeah. the thing. And then as a result of the thing, of course, money flows my way, but it's not the driving factor. It's not my why that gets me there. Yeah. And I that's think exactly. that's so important because 
having money as your why, like I want to hit, you know, 200K and that's your only, only why. It's so empty and trust me, it just doesn't fulfill you when you hit it because it's just another number in your bank account. It doesn't really make that much difference. <laughs> cool, Lisa. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate you. And where could everybody find you on social media so they can stop in and say hello? Find me on Every Moment Collective on Instagram. And I do have TikTok, but I need to get better at that. So. <laughs> thank you, Lisa. I really appreciate you. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. See ya. Hey, Make Your Breakers. Don't you hate how you can't sort through podcasts by most listened to, most reviewed, and most loved? Ah, right. As fellow podcast junkies, we feel you. While we can't magically change Apple or Spotify's platform, we have created a little something something. Sifting through all of Make Your Breaks episodes to date. Yep, we are talking all 200 plus episodes. We've meticulously curated some banging playlists just for you. We're talking the all-time hottest hits from Make Your Break, starring the juicy inspiration, motivation, and creative biz insights you know and love. Sound good? Jump into the show notes and follow the link to generate your very own Make Your Break playlist.